You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. And then there's the opposite type of people who are just going horizontally and trying to hear an answer that maybe you don't give me the answer I want and that person doesn't give me the answer I want. But if I keep telling enough people, I'm going to finally find someone who's just going to tell me what I want to hear. But God doesn't do that because God knows what's best for us. He gives us um, the grace that we need, the truth that we need, and meets us where we're at. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, here joined by two very special guests. First is lead pastor, Jose Abroa. Thanks for being here, Jose. Hey guys, good morning. And I'm very excited about this next special guest. The next special guest is <laughs> Taylor Abroa. Taylor, great name and welcome great to the podcast. Name. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Y'all continued the Church That Heals series. And so I love asking usually the speaker from the week to kind of unpack kind of their, uh, just how they kind of processed and prepared for the message. And so maybe I'll start with you, Jose, but I'd love to hear Taylor, you as well, as y'all both tag teamed uh, this week's message. Well... We uh, have already gone through all of this as a staff before, so it's not new content that we're necessarily working up for the first time. And this has been a process for us. Relational connection in as a whole is something that, of course, we've always uh, looked at this and, and seen it as a church. And personally, I was really excited because um, we had this idea many weeks ago that Taylor and I would co-speak, co-teach this week. And so I think the process was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And I think that for us, you know, like Jose said, this has been a process that we've walked out for most of our marriage and have continued to grow in. And so, like we said on Sunday morning, um, during our message that we're pretty different. I'm introverted, Jose's extroverted. Mm-hmm. I'm an internal processor, Jose's an external processor, and our personalities and giftings and talents are different. And so it, w- it was fun to get to talk about something that we have worked at and are continuing to work at and work out the process. Yeah, one interesting thing is that I'm very spontaneous and I am like to fly by the seam of my pants and Taylor is not. She's a planner. Love to plan. And so the fun part was that this week with that tension, I would say that that's one of the biggest tensions because I'm like, yeah, we'll figure it out later. She's like, no, well, let's figure it out right now. And then I'll get 15, 20 minutes and I'm like, I need a break. I need to think about something else and change. And so we, we, uh, we actually had a lot of fun in the, in the preparing process. That's awesome. No, y'all did a great job talking about relational connection. So my first question has to do more with what are some of the big things that prevent us from relational connection? Y'all kind of touched on it and it was cool how y'all both shared just even now how you were sharing just the differences and personalities and wirings and all that. But what do y'all think are some of the biggest uh, kind of hindrances to uh, relational connection? Yeah, I mean, I think that personality and wiring and upbringing and what it looked like inside of your home is a as a kid, um, kind of all factor into that. And I also think that hurt factors mm-hmm. into that. A lot of times, whether it is 
intentional from another individual or not intentional that we we get hurt and we get wounded and those wounds kind of just fester and add up and build and it keeps us from connecting with people um, or we try to over connect with people so that we hide behind that connection and so I think that that is you know it's personality and upbringing and I think it also is family hurt or hurt from other people. Yeah, and those wounds create these false expectations, you know, because we've been hurt, then we either try or place an expectation of trying to reconcile that hurt with another person or another relationship, and it leads to speculation. And one of my favorite quotes is, uh, vain imagination, excuse me, lack of communication leads to vain imagination. So we don't communicate oftentimes what we are thinking or expecting. And because of that, it leads to vain imagination. And so you think things that aren't even a reality in our relationships. But if we were to speak them and say, hey, I feel this way. You said this and it made me feel this. Now we're giving them an opportunity to either say sorry or, yeah, man, I'm sorry that that made you feel that way. Actually, what I thought was, or what I was trying to communicate was, you know, X, Y, or Z. And it's important to be vulnerable and, and continue to try to gain a relational connection. Yeah, that's good. And this next question may sound like kind of elementary or kind of very simplistic, but why, like, why do we emphasize relational connection? I mean, like we're going through this series and I get that there's kind of hurts and habits that I maybe need to work on, but just with me and I can kind of get around that and just kind of do that in my own bubble. But but what you're talking about, you know, you're mm-hmm. all throwing out words like vulnerability and, and connectedness. So maybe for someone listening, that's like, yeah, I've maybe tried that or I just want to run away from that as fast as I can. Why Why do we bring that up? Why do we even have a message like focused on that? Yeah, I think that I would fall in the category of one of those people who a lot of times would want to run away or would want to hide. And um, I think that we are not self-sustaining beings. As much as I would like to be independent, as much as I would like to meet my own needs, we need God to meet our needs and we need other people to meet our needs. And so when all of those hurts and hangups and habits get in the way of allowing others to to show us grace or show us kindness or pour into us, I think that's where you start to see some yellow and red flags. And um, and as for the why is we, we need that connection. We were made f- with that connection. I shared the example of infants. And when a baby's born, a baby has needs. And you can meet the physical needs of that baby, but that baby's not going to thrive and grow. And so that's how we are even as adults or as teenagers or wherever you are in your life. Um, we have needs that God specifically designed for other people to meet. Yeah, that's good. I even loved how Dr. Henry Cloud kind of used the, when he's talking about the heart surgeon example and just the two valves in Mm -hmm. and two valves out and just how so much focus and emphasis on the output uh, is going to lead to burnout and just feeling empty. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's definitely a role that that connectedness kind of plays. Jose, I love the story you mentioned about hide and go seek. And Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was going to be more of a funny story and then it got deep and I loved it. But uh, that idea of just getting used to hiding and just being almost like a professional hider when it comes to this kind of stuff. So what are some maybe kind of like 
practical ways that maybe as someone who's just been a lifetime hider of all mm-hmm. things, whether church or just with people in general, like what are ways that y'all have kind of seen or kind of worked on being more vulnerable and just even being more connected to people relationally? Yeah, I think there's two types of people. There's the hiders and then there's the finders. And uh, if you're a hider, I would say find a person that is safe, that's going to listen, share, share, maybe look internally and ask yourself, why do I tend to hide? What's keeping me from sharing? What's keeping me from allowing another person in? What's keeping me from being vulnerable? And then find a safe person to go uh, and share those things with. And then for the finders, I would put myself in this category. Sometimes I'm looking for some people that don't want to be found. And, and, and I'm trying to get something out of someone that someone's not ready to open up. And so I would say to people like me, chill. If you're the spouse in the relationship that that's always trying to fix or that's always trying to, you know, get the, well, you're not doing this. Well, you're not, I'm doing, you know, just take a second and, and allow that person to be free in, in, in their process, because this is hard. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Taylor mentioned early childhood experience. There's uh, in, in a church uh, way, there's a lot of church hurt that plays into reasons why we don't uh, open up. I think the safest bet is, you know, we look to Jesus for healing in every area of our lives. And I love the story in John chapter nine, when, when Jesus is telling the man um, who, you know, saying there's no one to, I don't have a buddy. I don't have anybody to put me into the pool of Bethesda for healing. And he's talking to the healer himself, but Jesus plays both of those um, parts. He plays both God and he plays man because he's the man next to him that is able to facilitate uh, the healing. But he's also the Lord, like the Lord is the one that heals us. And I think he wants us to be to, to be a part of the healing process by being present in people's lives. Sometimes I can be guilty of being overburdening and, and trying too hard when someone just needs to, you know, process that a little bit further. So letting it go is sometimes the best way. Yeah, and I would fall more in the hider category where I tend not to reach out or I tend to just want to hide or shrink down or run away. And I think that, a key you know factor in there is the trust muscle mm-hmm. and for myself i found that the more that i work out that muscle the stronger it gets it doesn't mean that i trust everyone with all of my things all the time but i have to practice it so sometimes i'm going to if I was swimming and jumping off a diving board, sometimes I'm going to climb right up and be able to jump off. But other times I'm going to go up the ladder, down the ladder, up the ladder, down the ladder, and then I'm going to eventually jump off. And it takes practice. And it does take finding, you know, the Lord is always our safest option. And so that would be my step one is go to God. Mm-hmm write down, journal out, speak out those things that are pressing on your heart and your mind. And then from there, look around and figure out who is a safe person or a safe you know, group of people, a couple people, you know, that you could reach out to, to share those things and not in a way of expecting them to fix everything for you, but in a way of you're practicing that 
trust muscle, you're practicing being vulnerable and allowing them to speak who God is and who you are into you in that moment. Yeah, no, that's really good. And it reminds me kind of Taylor, what you were talking about yesterday about the vertical and horizontal. Why, why is it so important even just, or even helpful to kind of like break that down as far as the vertical and horizontal? Yeah, for me, um, it helps give me a good mental image. You know, we first need to connect with God vertically, and we need to be running to God with the things that are in our hearts. Things trip us up and prevent us from doing that, but that's how God designed us, to be in relationship with Him. And then, you know, the horizontal, on one arm, you're uh, allowing others to pour into you, and then the other arm you use to pour into others. I think we tend to close ourselves off, and either we're just going to God with our things, or we just think that we need to only, you know, go to God or hide from God or run from God, and we leave out the horizontal bar. And then there's the opposite type of people who are just going horizontally and trying to hear an answer that maybe you don't give me the answer I want and that person doesn't give me the answer I want and that person doesn't give me the answer I want. But if I keep telling enough people, I'm going to finally find someone who's just going to tell me what I want to hear. But God doesn't do that because God knows what's best for us. He gives us um, the grace that we need, the truth that we need and meets us where we're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. No, that's good. That really is good. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit to talking about kind of the Navy SEAL questions, which mm-hmm. I personally love uh, from this past week. The where am I, where is the enemy, and where is my buddy? And I figure we just kind of take even just each of these real quick and just maybe identify what are some of the ways that this could practically look like just as far as as we self-assess and as we kind of go about. So the first one is where am I? So I know that it can kind of go down this weird road of self-introspection and you're just trying to get one with yourself and all that, but like what, like what does it look like as far as when I'm just like this week, if I'm evaluating, where am I? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think the where am I, you know, often maybe we could rephrase that even saying of like, what's going on inside of me? Because when you're able to label your feelings, your emotions, struggles that you're going through, issues that you're having, a lot of times when we can label it, then we can figure out and walk out what the next step may look like. So where am I? Like, what is going on in my head? What is going on in my heart? What's going on in my soul? Sean, um, Last week talked about diagnosis and treatment. This is the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So where am I is saying, well, what's going on? And I would put feelings to that. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I actually have a great sheet that labels a lot of different feelings and I'll go like, ooh, that's a really good one because words help us express what is going on inside. And you label personally and then you label uh, in relationships. What's going on in this relationship? Why is this relationship distant? Why do I feel tension here? And uh, once you do do that, then you can move into the treatment. Um, I'm skipping the enemy, uh, but but I think the important part of of the treatment is we are called to live in relationship with one another as the body of Christ. Very clearly, Jesus said, "The world will know me by the way that you love one another." I think that's John chapter 13. So it's super important that we have love between one another. We can say that we love each other all day long, but actually doing it and living it out and feeling it. That's the hard part, and that's the stuff that we need to be healed in order to really do well. And so the the treatment may look different ways, but I think diagnosing is is really important because then when you have that conversation, you're not trying to you know 
fix the other person or try to make the other person recognize that they're wrong and that you are right and just entering into all this bickering that is all too common these days, I feel like more more than usual. So that was more than just a few practical steps, but but I think that's what I'd say for yeah. where am I? No, I love it. I think for me, this has been kind of on the forefront of my mind over the last few weeks since the staff has gone over it. And just even thinking about for me, I don't necessarily have a lot of experience or emotional maturity to kind of self-assess a lot of, you know, kind of deep stuff. I want to get there. But I think one of the first steps that I've done is just even looking at my reactions and just kind of like thinking about replaying a situation that may have happened the day before or earlier in the week or right now and been like, okay, uh, why did I react the way that I did? Or why did I feel that, you know, I knew I was frustrated or I knew I was, but like what? And, and just kind of tracing back to kind of the deeper, like, you know, insecurities and then why am I insecure about that? And then like going deeper. And so... I think that's something that for me just kind of even just some some tracing uh, as far as for my emotions has kind of helped me because I, I couldn't get there right away. But if I took time to consciously think about kind of just the way my flesh reacted, because that part I can, you know, not only I, but other people can usually pick up on the way that I respond. So I think that's one thing that I also found helpful. That's really good. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think that's a huge part of processing the where am I? And I think when we can take those steps backwards to then go forwards, then we can go to that second question of where's the enemy? Where has the enemy entered in that has maybe derailed your thought process or turned something that was just a interaction into a really deep insecurity or fear or um, something that you're going to avoid? And then from there, you look around to see, okay, well, where's my buddy? You know, who could I, after you share that with God, who is someone that you could pull in um, as a reflection of who God is and allow them to hear you out and possibly speak some truth and, and model grace in your life? Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting to me about this, where's the enemy? Because the enemy entered the garden, deceived Adam and Eve, and then there was separation and there was shame and guilt from God first, yet God pursued and asked the question, why are you hiding? Mm. And then their response was to blame one another mm -hmm. and then blame the snake. And so it's interesting how that one little, you know, one story at the beginning in Genesis, uh, now we're in Genesis 3, is, is the reason why we we have this separation from God and we have this separation from one another. And then right after, we have the story of Cain and Abel. And so this is right at the root of, of why we need such, such healing in our lives because God truly wants to restore our relationships and, and he wants to be in the center of that, of that healing. I think of one thing that the enemy is doing uh, right now in, in our culture, in our country, is the spirit of division is, is real. And the enemy, yes, came to kill and to steal and to destroy it. And, and the enemy also wants us to be divided. Mm -hmm. And he knows that when we are isolated or when we think that the other side or that other person, uh, when we are convinced that they are not for us, the enemy has won because he's created that distance. He's implemented that lie. So I think asking that second question is huge because we can really, A, recognize that we live in a spiritual reality uh, where there is an enemy that wants to divide. And then B, we can call it out and not have it play a part in our relationships. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, then we go to step three, which is, all right, now who can I bring in to help me walk uh, through this healing process? 
Yeah, I think the part about the enemy hiding is so true. And that's he, that was from the very original sin to even just present day. I think about like when I wake up, I'm not asking like, oh, where's the enemy at? Yeah. Where am I? You know, I need to be on guard. And like, all, like, like it, it, I just don't think about that. And so mm-hmm. even just making that conscious effort, because you're right, it's like there are constantly messages and just, um, you know, I'm not even going to include other people in the equation, just even myself and my flesh. It's like the, the enemy is constantly trying to kind of, um, use. And so, yeah, I think that's something that I definitely don't think about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I wanted to kind of close out with one more question for both of y'all kind of alluded to Ephesians four and kind of the part that Dr. Henry clouds kind of been tying into all these messages about the church and just even the role that as individuals um, seeking to be healthy and just the role that um, relational connectedness plays my question for both of y'all would be what's kind of the vision of and kind of y'all's heart for a church that does this well, as far as being able to um, seek healing through the body. Yeah. So Ephesians four, I'm just going to read this verse uh, 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so the vision is for us, Cypress Creek Church, to grow as his body. He's the head of the church. This is his church. He's our leader. And when we do our part, when we do our part in healing, and also when we're operating in our gifts and we've dealt with the stuff inside, so we're no longer, you know, held captive by those wounds and those hurts and those issues, we will be able to do our part in our special work even more so. And we will grow in health. We will grow in, in influence and we will grow in love. So that's the vision. And I think that it's been really cool to have this set of five weeks to go uh, down in this. Next week, we're going to talk about boundaries, which is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to talk about healthy relationships and how to establish those with placing appropriate boundaries in those. So I'm really excited. And then um, we'll close out with two weeks after that. Yeah, and I would add um, one thing Jose said yesterday was that you can't have health without heal. And so I think that that healing piece is an important part. And we're not going to, on this side of heaven, we're not going to reach perfection. But it's about the process and it's about um, following God's lead and our own healing so that we can be as reconciled to God as possible um, and therefore bring others with us along on that journey. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time. Let's...